Morning, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Julianne. Thank you, everyone that's been involved so far this morning. The resurrection has changed and changes everything. It is a history-defining, it's a faith-defining, it's a life and a death-defining event. And we are here to celebrate it today, and we've been celebrating it, and we're joining with millions of people all around the world, because this service, the, the Easter Sunday service, apparently is the highest attended church service of the entire year. Even more people come to church on Easter Sunday than do on Christmas morning. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead has been described as the most powerful divine occurrence and occasion in all of creation, and it has massive repercussions for us. It means so much to us. For example, one person has put it like this, the resurrection is the ground of our assurance. It is the basis for all our future hopes. It is the source of power in our daily lives here and now. It gives us courage in the midst of persecution, comfort in the midst of trials, and it gives us hope in the midst of this world's darkness. So the resurrection stands right at the heart of the Christian faith. But what if? And life's full of what ifs, isn't it? But what if the resurrection didn't really happen? What if it's all an elaborate hoax? It's just a big joke. I'm pretty sure someone in your house this morning has made the comment, smiled about, or noted the irony of today's date. What date is today? First of April, which is what? April Fool's Day. This is the day of playing practical jokes and spreading hoaxes. That's how April, the April Fool's Day is defined. The day of spreading hoaxes and playing practical jokes. So this is the first time since 1956 that April Fool's Day and Easter Sunday has clashed. And I have no doubt there are lots of people who not only see the funny side of that, but when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, they're convinced that it is all a total ruse. It's all it is. Total ruse. Or, or at best, it's, it's a fanciful, mythical story. Because let's face it, and we need to be honest about this, Dead people generally don't come back to life, especially if their death has been as horrific and as definite and as conclusive as the death of Jesus. And especially if they haven't just been dead for a few minutes or a few moments, but they have been entombed in a tomb for 48 hours. So what if it never actually happened? Well, what I want to do this morning, or attempt to do, is start by naming and looking at six history and life-altering facts that follow that we have got to face up to if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead on the third day. Then what I want to do is make, or rather echo, a very big, bold, and dramatic statement and claim. And then finally, I want to give you six alternative facts that follow if Jesus is indeed truly alive. So that works out at a 13-point sermon, okay? 
Now, I don't normally do points, but I kind of felt if I'm going to do points, let's really do points. Okay, so we've got 13 points this morning. So you're ready for this? Uh, how are we getting on, kids, at the counting? Don't, now, don't shout out yet if you're, you're still going to see. Yep, you're brilliant. Got, many, many of you got so far? Right, okay. Now, unlike uh, most years on this day, I, I'm not going to, no Mark did at the start, but I am not going to read one of the gospel accounts of the resurrection. I'm not going to read what Matthew said about it. I'm not going to read what Mark said about it. We've heard what Luke said about it, and I'm not going to read what John said about it. But I am going to read Scripture, as you would expect me to and as you would want me to. But I want to take you to the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, to the church in Corinth. And I want you to go to chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. You see, this, as you're looking that up, this idea, this possibility of the dead being raised was an issue back then. And in the text and in the verses that we're going to read together, Paul addresses this particular subject by making the point that without the resurrection of Jesus, the very structure, the very fabric of our Christian faith, the structure falls apart, the fabric of it is left in tatters. And therefore, any idea or thought of someone else rising again or living again, well, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then any thought of anyone else ever rising again is just complete nonsense. Just a joke. It's just a joke. So if you have a Bible or you you can share a Bible, please stand with me for the public reading of God's Word. We're going to read from verse 12 down to verse 19. So here goes. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching's useless, and so's our faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But... He did not, if he did, if, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith's futile. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're lost. And if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Grab a, grab a seat. So here are, if you're scribbling notes, here are six facts that follow if Jesus didn't rise again, if the resurrection didn't actually happen, if Jesus is not alive. Here's six facts that follow. The first is our preaching is a waste of time. All preaching is a waste of time. It's useless. Now, before anyone pipes up, yours is, tell us something new, Okay. That's not what Paul is saying. It's not about style. It's not about a particular preacher's communication ability or gifting or manner or technique. Paul is saying this. You see, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, all, all preaching is pointless. All meetings, all gatherings like this are futile. We should just pack up, take our cream eggs and go home. If the resurrection is a hoax, if it's a joke, do you know something? So's all this. So's all this. 
All the preaching and teaching of Paul and others, all the content of what they shared is wasted. Because without the resurrection, the gospel is powerless. It's diluted. All this talk of eternal life, it's dismantled. Preaching might make some sense at times. It might contain some helpful advice. But you see, without the resurrection, preaching lacks bite. It lacks substance. It it lacks life. So if Christ has not been raised from the dead, all preaching is useless. Secondly, so is our faith. Verse 14. Christian faith without the resurrection comes crashing down around us like a stack of cards. All the praying, all the turning to God, all the reading the Bible, all the coming to church, all the singing songs, it's absurd. Absurd. I said earlier that the resurrection stands at the heart of the Christian faith, but you know something? If the resurrection didn't happen, the heart has just been ripped out of the Christian faith. The core has just been removed. John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have what? everlasting or eternal life. But you know something? See, if Jesus is dead and stayed dead, then the eternal life is completely off the table. All it is is a pipe dream. And therefore, believing in Jesus, having faith in Jesus, if the resurrection didn't happen, it is useless. If the resurrection's a myth, and our preaching's pointless, and our faith is as well. Thirdly, all the witnesses, all the apostles, all those who say they saw the risen Christ, you know what they are? Bunch of liars. Bunch of liars. That's what it says in verse 15. That may have sounded strong when I just said it, but that's what it says in verse 14, 15. Let me read those two verses together, 14 and 15. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, your faith is useless. And we apostles, we are all lying about God. You see, if Jesus is not alive, then people like Paul and people like Peter and people like John, all they have done is misrepresented God and they have totally deceived lots of people, including us. They have led us up the garden path. They didn't just lead to those up the garden path at the time centuries ago, but here we are in the 21st century and they're still leading people up the garden path because we can still read what they say in here. But if Jesus didn't rise again, says scripture, then all the apostles are nothing but liars. They're a pile of charlatans. Fourthly, And this is where it starts to get incredibly serious if it hasn't been already. But if Christ has not been raised, then not only is your faith useless, which Paul repeats in verse 17, but it also means we're all still in our sin. We're all unforgiven people. We stand before a holy, just God, completely and forever guilty with no prospect of Jesus stepping in and saying, I died for you, 
I took your punishment. I paid the price. I set you free. Because if Jesus is dead and stayed dead, then Jesus cannot say that. Jesus cannot plead anything on our behalf. Ever. And all that does is it leaves us helpless and hopeless in our sin. It leaves us condemned and doomed. So as Paul writes here, if Christ has not been risen, all of us are still in our sin. And then fifthly, and the bleakness continues, but if there is no resurrection, then all those who have died in Christ, says Paul, have perished. All those who were Christians, all those who lived for and served and worshipped God during their life on earth, they have not gone to be with the Lord. We will not see them again. According to verse 18, all who have died believing in Christ are lost if Jesus did not rise from the dead. It's tragic. But these are facts we've got to face up to. We've got to need, we don't have to do it. The Bible does it for us. And then the sixth thing it says is this. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, and therefore there is nothing else, then do you know something, church? We are to be pitied more than anyone else in the world. Here's how the, the, the message captures this. If we get out of Christ, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for these short years, then we're a pretty sorry lot. The point is, you see, if the resurrection didn't happen, then not only is our future dramatically changed, in other words, there's no life after death, but so is our present because there is no real life before death. All our hopes, all our dreams, all our beliefs, all our joys, all our peace, they all crumble now. They don't make a blind bit of difference now in this life. And therefore, says Paul, of all people, there's no resurrection. And your hope for Jesus is only for this life. And we're a people to be pitied. It's quite a list. Six facts that follow if Easter Sunday never happened. All preaching's useless. Our faith's useless. The apostles are liars. Our sins are unforgiven. All those who have died in Christ have perished. They're lost. And life itself now is pointless. First six points down. How are we doing? Still with me? Here comes point number seven. And here is the kind of big, bold, dramatic statement and claim because those of you who've got a Bible in front of you, you know a stop far too early. You're saying, David, why did you stop at verse 19? But look at verse 19 because verse 19 finishes and then verse 20 starts with one of those words that starts with B-U-T. But, in other words, hang on a minute. Please don't stop reading yet. Because immediately after Paul is trailed through all this negativity and all this darkness, he writes and he screams and he emphasizes, but, and here is the verse, and I want us all to say this together. Ready? After three, one, two, three. But 
Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Let's say it again. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. So in other words, hold on a minute. After all that negativity, here is the big, bold statement and claim. I, I know we, can t- we need to talk about whether we believe this or not, and we'll come to that. But here is the big, bold statement and claim. Jesus is alive. Easter Sunday did happen as we have been celebrating. Life after death is a reality, says Paul. And he goes on to say, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Read on if you've got a copy of the Bible in front of you. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What does that mean? In other words, Jesus is the first to rise again in a long line of many others who will. So Jesus is, as someone has put it, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Jesus is the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Because why? Jesus defeated death. Death has been defeated. And as Paul will go on to write near the end of this chapter, death has been swallowed up by the resurrection. And so what has death lost? Now, death has lost its sting. Go on. And yes, people still die, as Jesus did. The pain of death is still real, as Jesus' was, not just for him personally, but for all those who loved him. But what the resurrection of Jesus confirms is, listen, death is not the end. And therefore, to go right back to what I said at the start, the resurrection changed. It changes everything. There is hope. There is more. There is everlasting life because Jesus has indeed been raised from the dead. And so what do we do? We go back to our six facts that follow if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, and we rewrite them. We flip them. We revert them. We change them. And so our preaching isn't useless. Why is it not useless? Because it's about Jesus, who was dead and is now alive forevermore. And therefore, our preaching, all preaching, I respect how bad it is, all preaching has credibility. It has purpose. Why? Because we preach and teach not only who Jesus was, but we preach and teach who Jesus is. We preach and teach what the Bible says about him, what Jesus taught us about life. And we preach and teach, you know something, this Jesus who was dead and is now alive, he is worth following. He is worth trusting. He is worth living for. He's worth dying for. If Jesus is is alive, our preaching has a point. And secondly, if Jesus has been raised from the dead, then our faith isn't useless. It's not based on a joke. It hasn't been undermined or collapsed because the one it's based on and centered around is dead. No, our faith is now alive and it's vibrant. Why? Because Jesus is. And thirdly, the apostles aren't liars. If Jesus is alive, they are truth tellers. And therefore, we can trust their words and we can take them seriously. We can take their words to heart. We can still read what they say to us in here, what the Bible communicates to us about you, because this is God's word. It's truth. Because Jesus is alive. And fourthly, we get serious again. We are not still in our sin. Our sin can be forgiven because Jesus is alive. Let me read you one verse from Colossians. And with Jesus, 
You were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins. Then God made you alive with Christ and he forgave you your sins. God has made you alive with Christ. So if Christ is alive, then you can be forgiven. You do not have to live guilty before a holy God. You do not have to remain condemned or doomed. Sin can be forgiven because Jesus didn't just die for it. He rose again to new life. Because Jesus is alive, we can be forgiven. Fifthly, this is so important for so many people. All who have died in Christ, they haven't perished. They're not lost. On one occasion, Jesus said this to a lady, a lady who meant so much to him. She was called Martha. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who believes in me will never, ever die. And back to 1 Corinthians 15, 20, where Paul reminds us that Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, because Jesus is alive, all believers who live in him are going to live forever. So we will see our loved ones who have died in Christ again. They have not perished because Jesus is alive. And finally, we're not a people to be pitied. Why? Something we said earlier, because we have life in all its fullness. Not only life now, which yes, is really important to have life now with Jesus, but that's not what life in all its fullness can entirely means. It means we have life now with Jesus, but we also have life forever with Jesus. Our hope in Christ is not only for this life, but because Jesus is alive, our hope is for all eternity. We are a people of destiny, a people who enjoy life before death and a people who can look forward to and anticipate an incredible life after death. And so, six facts that follow if Jesus didn't rise from the dead and it is all a joke. One big, bold, dramatic statement that changes everything. And then six facts that follow because Jesus is alive. And so the question is, as I said, or do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do, do you acknowledge who Jesus is? And I just want to finish with a verse and a challenge. Because in a sense, this is, this is kind of what it all boils down to, or it seems to anyway. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you declare and confirm who Jesus is. And if you believe in your heart, and it's not just that Jesus rose from the dead, this is really important, but that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe that in your heart, then here's what happens. You will be saved. And if you can do that, on this Easter Sunday, on this April Fool's Day. 
then you will live forever. And so, thank God, Jesus is alive.